You're listening to a Broadmoor Podcast production. On Sunday, we begin chapter 3 of Philippians as we continue our series through this book. Josh walked us through verses 1 through 11 this week. On the podcast today, all of our conversation really centers around what Paul is showing us here in this passage, that our identity and intimacy with Christ does not come from what we do. Rather, our identity must be found in Christ and our actions born out of our intimacy with him. This is critical and foundational discussion, and we're glad you've joined us for it. This is After the Message. Red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. Yellow leather. (laughs) Leather. Not letter. (laughs) Leather. Go ahead. Leather. Red leather, yellow leather. (laughs) All right. We're rolling. I figured as much. Good. I hope we are. (laughs) All right. Hey, guys. Welcome to the podcast today. Morning. Good morning. morning. Hello, Mike H. Mike H. Oh, man. Now, now it's a thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. I'm going to get well, your nameplate, says Mike H. Well, I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so yesterday, so uh, uh, for some reason yesterday, Allison Miller kept calling me Brother Mike. Yes. Because <laughs> she comes sweet. from old school church. Yeah. Yes. So she's like she was talking about. So we had the, the commitment yesterday afternoon, which is our parent-child dedication. Service and and she was right before me. I was going to like lead a song and and she was going to introduce all the families and their kids. And she goes and and then I'm going to turn it over to you and I'm going to say I'm and now our our executive pastor Creative Arts uh, brother Mike hey, mm. is going to uh, lead in a song. I was like, please don't. Say yes. That. <laughs> no. Hey, that one may stick. Brother, brother Mike. 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 How yeah. about brother Mike H? Brother, brother Mike, Mike H. H. I oh like it. no. Yeah. There we go. All the things. Yeah. No, let's not do that. It's a thing. Yeah, do that. Um, everybody have a good weekend. I know yesterday, Sunday was a, was a long day. It was a good day. It was a though. full. It was day, you know, yeah. just a lot of great things that happened. But um, okay. weekend yeah, was, was fun. Weekend. Yeah, not not super eventful. I just enjoyed it. It was great. Yeah, yeah. Good. Any fishing? No, sadly. Uh, Gideon had a football game. Uh, mm. They had to travel to North Mississippi, and so they didn't get home till like uh, one in the morning. And then he had to get up mm. and go to work mm. the next day. So he worked all day Saturday. Mm. Um, so I sat uh, and switched between my recliner and my couch, and <laughs> read a couple of books and watched college football. Hey, man, so all right, a fantastic nice. Saturday. Mayor yeah. Joy had a gymnastics competition. It was good. Yeah. Good stuff. Sounds great. Yeah. All the things. I spent a little time on the road, so I broadcast Germantown uh, playoff game in Oxford. 47-44, they lost mm. in double overtime. Then I had an opportunity to broadcast the Bellhaven uh, game on Saturday morning at 11 o'clock. And I mean, those guys won it, won the conference, and Go, got their Blazers. first ever uh, opportunity to play in the Division Three playoffs. Wow. I'm in shock. I didn't know you, you got a side gig. I do. I enjoy <laughs> it. It's a lot of fun. I but it's not just side. a side gig, and he didn't come in here for affirmation. He is really good at what <laughs> oh. he does. Like clear, like it. It sound not that you wouldn't be professional, but most high school games yeah. aren't called by professionals. Yeah, you sound incredibly professional. No, we we won't do Come that. On. We won't. Do that. We won't. So I, I, I play the analyst role. Come on, so I'm yes. not the guy, but like, I have I have an op- opportunity just to uh, make that play come to I life. Love it. You want to hear my one call? Yeah, oh, go for Illegal it. Illegal motion in the backfield. 
I don't know why. That just is my favorite call. You like that it's one? Just, wow. well, Isn't it illegal formation? I don't know that I've ever said <laughs> that one, but I'll, there could be illegal motion. Yeah, yeah I guess it's if there's illegal a shift. everything. Yes. And so I love that. It's just yes. like, yay! I love that call. Well, Especially I, if it's against it, the team. It, you still, like. it keeps me involved with uh, <laughs> yeah. with high school, college students. Aww. I enjoy all of that, but Go I'm too Jay. old. So Go with your game. You're really good at what you do. Well, thank you. It's a lot of fun. Well, for those who Ooh. are listening today, they're like, yep. I'm here. Uh, so, I just wasted my whole drive to work right there. <laughs> oh, man. So uh, so we have in the room today, uh, get this, Beth B. Beth B. Hey. Beth B. In case you were confused about yep. who that was. Then we got uh, Josh, Queen Josh B. B. Josh, Josh B. B is here with us. Queen B. <laughs> uh, Move Queen along. B. Move along. Uh, Nothing to say Mark here. E. Mark, Mark e. e. And JF are all with us. Yeah. And then, uh, and then Chase H is a, pro- a producer. Yeah, we're related. Mike H. Our last name's H. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. H. Mike H and Chase Dad. H. Dad. Mm. <laughs> 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 uh, it's, oh it's actually not far from being able to be the truth. <laughs> 22 years, baby. <laughs> oh, boy. It could certainly be the truth. Oh, that's scary. Wow. <laughs> well, um, hey, so uh, it's good to be in the room today. Uh, uh, Yesterday was great. We started on chapter three of Philippians mm-hmm. and yes. uh, made got, it to the midway point. Yep, got got through the first half of the chapter, and uh, so um, yeah, so really, really, really good. Um, it was uh, so you you started uh, just in that first verse. In fact, Josh, you said like <laughs> you might be asking the question, "How can you pull anything out of this <laughs> verse?" But there was actually a good bit. There's like a lot. you spent a lot There's of a time lot. there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so so tell us more about because. Um, we talked about you talked about rejoicing mm-hmm. uh, in in the Lord, and uh, which is what it says. Finally, my brothers, Paul says, rejoice in the Lord. And uh, so you talked about like just practically what that means, and uh, yeah. spent some time there. So let's let's start there in our discussion. Sure. Well, all right. So Paul in here is, has it's kind of twofold. Number one, there's a a command or a call to rejoicing something positive, and then there's a warning, right? So he, he goes on to the. And it really ties into verse two. And he says, man, it's no problem for me. And it's actually good for you for me to say this again. And effectively, it would sound like, and again, and again, and again. And number one, you need to rejoice in the Lord, but you also need to watch out for those who are trying to take you away mm. from the joy of the Lord, right? Uh, and I, I believe for us as believers, we the goal would always be, right, for good Bible study, good hermeneutic. What, what did Paul mean when he wrote to the believer's at the Church of Philippi. Because a lot of times we just completely jump to application and whatever frame of reference our rejoicing is, then that's what we're going to automatically apply, which would be bad hermeneutic, bad Bible study technique. It it doesn't mean that it wouldn't be fruitful or beneficial, but we're going to miss a lot of nuances in Scripture and a lot of the power in which Paul or any Bible writer speaks to the original audience because we know that that is primary when we're studying the Scripture. So, to the people – and Philippi, what would Paul mean when he says, all right, finally, essentially, when you see finally and whatever comes next, it's kind of like, therefore, whatever finally would be, what I'm about to say is really big, really important. And he says, I command you to rejoice, rejoice in Christ. Let let that be the thing. If the first half of the book or the first half of the letter is, hey, we should have this mind, we should be this united, we should do this together, here's the call. Rejoice in him, mm-hmm. enjoy him, be be glad in who he is. And then there were some some opportunities that I took, um, and, and it's not necessarily from the text. It's more from from my own mind and and studying. You know what what do we rejoice in? Do we rejoice in knowing him? 
do we rejoice in, in his nearness? Do we, do we rejoice uh, in, in just being glad um, that, that we belong to him? Or are we rejoicing in his people uh, and being connected to the mission that he's with? And so uh, in the rejoicing, it's got to be more than just a feeling mm. because we know our feelings are fickle that we can wake up and feel something. And then by lunch, we feel differently. Mm-hmm. And then by dinner, we feel differently again. And by bedtime, it's a whole different feeling. So I don't think he's necessarily speaking about this, this euphoric feeling of joy as much as understanding that there is a deeper sense of our connection with Christ. Mm-hmm. And it makes our heart, not, not feeling-wise, but our heart rejoice and be glad in who mm-hmm. he is. And you actually said something along the lines of, you know, like if, if we if we're not happy in Christ or we don't uh, we don't rejoice in Christ, like we can't trust him. And that's kind of it kind of feels like that's where Paul's going. Right. Because mm-hmm. because because here you had this group of people, which we'll get to in a, in a few minutes, um, who were who were trying to, to teach something like like you've you've got to you got to do something extra to earn God's favor. And, uh, and and so you're actually putting your trust in some external that's thing. Right. Um, but but you let's talk more about because I, I think it was you, Mark, that said, "Hey, we should spend some time talking yeah, about because I think that, it's 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 a which comes first? Do you trust? Therefore, you rejoice. Do you rejoice? Therefore, you trust. Mm-hmm. Well, either one of those can be mm, you know, maybe not counterfeit, but they can be really surface. Like even your trust, yes, can be a trust in an aspect that really doesn't bring joy, right." You can rejoice as a – I mean, I can wake up in the morning and grit my teeth and say, today, dead gummin, I'm going <laughs> to rejoice in Jesus. <laughs> well, I don't know that's really what we're talking about either, right? Yeah. So where does rejoice and trust come from? And and I think you hit on it, but, I mean, go ahead and – I think it's in the nearness, right? Or yeah. the intimacy, yeah. knowing him, not just knowing facts about him, not just – um, being more intellectual about biblical things, but knowing him intimately and deeply, that's where both trust and rejoicing come from. Yeah, I, I, that's I, exactly right. And I think when you, you get into the nuance of the question and nuance of, of trying to sort out this question, you, you're going to discover a lot about your faith and, mm-hmm. and where it comes from, right? Um, and I would say, and, and again, not not bashing where I have come from or, or the people that I was uh, – had knowledge instilled by them into my own life. But a lot of times it would feel like an evangelical Christianity, which we are, we, we are that and, and proudly, like we have good news, we want to share it. Mm-hmm. But it feels like there, there has been a season or a sect or a group that, that, that wants to, to push, all right, you, I'll tell you about Jesus later. You need to make this decision. Right. Like, like you, you need to nail this down. You need to say this prayer so you can have assurance of eternity because you said this prayer and know nothing about the one that you were praying to right. or nothing about the one that you were claiming just saved your soul. And even if you go a step further, it might be, I just need you to trust that that historical event happened. Yeah. Jesus died on the cross. He was raised. Believe that fact. And boom, you've got then security. Then you're covered. And that's not what you're saying. That's not a deep faith and trust in the goodness and the love and the, the provision, the redemption yes. through Christ where you actually know him. On a, in an intimate level, that's exactly you right. You can pray a prayer, receive, uh, uh, believing receive. in a, yeah. a fact or a historical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, event. And, and and if we if we could, I know we have a lot of parents who listen to this podcast, and and here here's one of my greatest fears and tensions as being a pastor in a church. Maybe you all feel the same way. 
when when children start having faith conversations, it, it feels like, especially being in the Baptist world, which again, I am, I keep saying that as if I'm not that, I, I am 100% Baptist, always have been, right? But there, there seems to be when our children start to have faith conversations, our gut reaction is get them to pray. Mm-hmm. And, and not just mm-hmm. pray, but like to pray this prayer, get them to, to make their decision, get them to walk the aisle, get them to be baptized, because we feel like when that happens, the pressure's off. Well, if you've been in ministry longer than I would say five years, so let's say a child comes to faith early on, let's say five years old, six years old, okay? Let's say they come to faith at five and six years old and they make a decision, right? So that's what their faith is, is in that decision. And then as they grow up, and I've seen it a hundred times and a hundred is, is very on the, on the short mm-hmm. end of that. And as they grow up, they begin to question mm-hmm. Was it real? Mm-hmm. Was yes. was my prayer real? Was my commitment? Did I even know what I was doing? And I think that we could look at it two ways, right? I would say the more negative side would be, well, you didn't know what you were doing, right? So, so th- that could be true. I think there's a more positive way to look at it, but it still proves the fact that we probably need to be more careful with our kids or people young in the faith or anybody coming to faith. And it is this, that as they grow older they begin to see the person in the work of Jesus Christ. Right. And they begin to become falling in love with him right. in his mission, in his glory. And then they realize, well, what did I commit myself to when I was five and six? Mm-hmm. Because I didn't know him. Right. I, I knew a system. I knew, I knew I was a sinner and needed to be saved. And somebody told me, this is the way you do it. But now I'm experiencing Jesus for the first time myself, and now I have a decision to make. Is this the Jesus that I'm going to follow, mm-hmm. right? And I think for, for me as a pastor, I, I want to I shepherd that moment. I, I want to steer our kids towards God is good. God is faithful. God holds you sovereignly in his hand. He is, he is carrying you all along the way. I don't believe, truly I don't believe, we have to strike while the iron is hot. Like I've heard that in churches that I've grown up with. No, no. God is sovereign over salvation. And, and I think the worst thing we can do is rush something and us try to assume God's time on something that isn't his time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But instead, we shepherd our children to know and love Jesus that when they get ready to make that decision – they fall in love with Christ. And so it would be rejoicing in him leads them to trust in him, and it wouldn't happen the other way. Mm, it's good. interesting. Okay. I, I found myself thinking back to student ministry days. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the number one question that, that I would ask, or, or get asked as, uh-huh. as, as kids were processing what happened to me when I was six years old, eight years old. This is 14 to 18 years old. And is this my first real experience or did the first real experience happen back when I was just a kid? Sure. So in some cases, yes, that experience was very real. Yes. Uh, and, and they, you know, they're processing through. But many came to that realization that back then I had no idea mm-hmm. what I was doing. And some would even say they felt pressure. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. To do that instead of getting to a point where these kids were wrestling with the fact that this is the moment yeah. where I really, truly understand who Jesus is and what he wants to do in my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. I, I'm agreeing. Children's yeah. minister, on, children's minister coming through. Yes. Well, Come on, um, Queen Bee. Background. I would just <laughs> say this. Don't say that. I would just <laughs> say this, that um, cognitive memory happens for children around eight or nine. Mm-hmm. And so for me... Um, when you I, say cognitive memory, uh, what's that the mean? The ability to look back and remember experiences, mm-hmm. thoughts, feelings, mm. um, to have a definite um, uh, 
accurate representation of what that is. Mm -hmm. Now, that's not true for everybody in the whole world, but that's an average. And so for me, I would say before the age of eight or nine, I would I would definitely put them off. That's just me. I'm just speaking personally. But there are those children who after the age of eight or nine, where you know you've got that cognitive memory going, who do surrender to all that they know. Can do, yeah. And they go on to live a life where, yes, surrender looks different at 14 than it does at nine. Surrender looks different at 24 than Mm -hmm. it does at 14. And so as they Mm -hmm. grow spiritually, they also grow in the knowledge of of who Jesus is. I mean, I'm hoping at 83, I'm looking in the scriptures and going, wow, thank you for revealing that. I, Mm -hmm, I confess that. Or I walk. I want to walk in that truth, but and and I know there's people who would confuse and put pressure. I'm not discounting right. that. I was going to say surrender looks different at 51 than it did at 40. You yeah. know, I yes. mean it's <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and to be fair, I'm not saying that children can't nor should they not no. come to faith. But mm-hmm. but what I am saying is, and this is going to be a hot take. Are we ready for it? Hot yeah. take. Come there on. are no children in the Scripture that 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 repent and believe in Jesus Christ. Right when when we mm. see this happen, this is these are adults who are are sorting through their faith and they understand sin, they understand repentance, mm-hmm. they understand the lordship of Jesus Christ, and they are surrendering to Him. I think what we talk about more in children's ministry, again, a hot take, and I'm curious to see how many emails and text <laughs> messages we we'll get about this. Oh, yeah. This goes more back into covenant theology, and I would say it is mm. not the child's fault mm. forever. Right. Early on, loving Jesus—that's never the case. But I would say the onus falls more on the parents who simply want to get their kid to a decision, but never move yes. forward with discipleship. Gotcha. Yes. I came to faith gotcha. at five, mm-hmm. five years old. Like I remember it like it was yesterday. But it was only because my grandfather discipled me from that moment until he passed on just six years ago. Mm -hmm. And so I would say the difference in myself and probably my cousins who we came to faith at the same time because they walked the aisle, I walked the aisle, we threw the big family celebration. I've continued to walk with the Lord and and some of them have not continued to walk with the Lord. And much of that had to do with discipleship. And so they would say as they've gotten older, Mm -hmm. I made a decision or I was asked to make a decision or I wanted to be a part of the barbecue too. And so I did this thing, but there was never any follow-up. That's not the kid's fault. Right. That that is in more line with the parents. And so my encouragement would be to parents who hear this, if you're going to push your kids towards something. Push them towards Jesus Christ, not a decision that you think is going to alleviate some some fear that you have for them. Yes. Chase. Can I ask Chase. a question? Please. A very current question. Yeah. I think there's like a really, really, I don't think I know, there's like a, a strong deconstruction movement going on mm-hmm. right now that yes. I, I think as a Christian, you can borderline call it an epidemic or maybe a pandemic, whatever the buzzword, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you think that mindset... Has any has any translation to that my, that um those things coming to coming to pass like struggling with faith or sure so if if I could have the liberty to speak not as Broadmoor's pastor for a please moment, right? all right so here granted we go. granted this is just Josh Braddy and how I think through, I think through it often um, because I think deconstruction is the hot topic um, the buzzword that, that we like to use that that hot word um, but I think deconstruction has has gone on forever right and and I would say it's in the reformed faith and in the reformed mm-hmm. um, thinking um, it is in the line of called simper simper reformanda uh, it is always reforming uh, and it's this idea that as we grow our faith should be growing as well but there's a I would say probably in the last hundred years 
particularly in evangelicalism, maybe even in Baptist faith particularly, um, we have a tendency to put faith in a box. And so faith looks like this. You're going to do this. You're not going to do this. If you love Jesus, you're going to, to make sure you don't go to these places, but you're going to stay in these places. You're going to hang around these people, but not these people. Without necessarily, and this is going to be the crazy thing about the Reformation, without using the scriptures to back those things up in a holistic way. We may proof text it, but it's not a, here's what Philippians is teaching. Here's what Colossians is teaching. Here's, here's what the church of Corinth, who was desperate in need of, mm. of, of gospel transformation, needed to hear, right? Instead, we proof, check, uh, proof text cherry pick these things. So when people grow up and they begin to read the Bible for themselves and they say, whoa, this Bible's different than what I was taught. The faith that I grew up with, and, and there's a there's a lamenting. I I am one of, I wouldn't say I deconstructed, but I would say I had a reconstruction of my faith mm. because right. what I was taught as a kid, I think was well-intentioned, but it was not incredibly biblically accurate. I think it was religiously accurate. I think it was religiously accurate for Picayune, Mississippi, but it was not biblically accurate. There was freedom that was being withheld. And there were laws that were being implemented that the scripture never even got close to implementing. And so as I grew up, I thought, what do I do with this? I had other friends who say, I want nothing to do with it. Well, I loved Christ. I still love Christ. And so I knew that my love for him, this, this had to be true somewhere. So I need to figure it out. And so as, as we grow older and into him, we begin, we begin to reconstruct or honestly construct our faith and our faith becomes our own. It's no longer our parents' faith. Or our grandparents' like, faith, or our I like church's that con- faith. We construct our faith. That's exactly. I like right. that better than anything. Hmm. We construct our faith as we're revealed, as greater right. truth is yeah. revealed, or different truth, or truth we've heard but never followed. How about that? Yeah. Because I can't say like, read, of course, I've read the Bible through and heard lots of sermons, but sometimes it will hit you at a certain time. Hmm. But back to, I just went to a conference on deconstruction this weekend, Chase. I'd love to show you my notes on that. But the <laughs> lady who spoke just talked about. Yeah, it's been around for a while, but there's a methodical way that people are doing that and yeah. walking away. And I think part of that's true, Josh. We grew up with these are rules. Then you start reading your Bible and you go, "What? What? This that rule's is not there." <laughs> the, the Jesus that I fell in love with as a nine-year-old in yep. Atala County uh, is still that same Jesus, but mm-hmm. the depth. That's mm, that's right. And the truth. Yeah. Well, it's a little bit of the process, too, of that's sanctification that, that's oh, happening yes. in those moments. And, you know, yes, I, I mean, I, I feel very confident that in, you know, my ministry time working with teenagers, there were kids that received Christ when they were seven, eight, nine years old. They get to the teenage years and they're wrestling through the sanctification process mm-hmm. of God just doing things to them. Jesus coming to light like he's never come to light before. But my encouragement is we kind of think about these parents that may be listening. Man, shepherd the moments moving your kids toward Jesus. Yeah. You know, don't don't have a hand in their back to check off the fact that you did your job of pushing them down an aisle. That if we can just shepherd the moments and trust that Jesus is working in those moments. He holds salvation yeah. in his hands and just try not to get ahead of Jesus in that whole process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, and if we, you know, uh, I don't think we're off the rails on this topic because I want to, I want to tie it back in to this way. Um, I, I don't, I may have come across harsh or it sounded harsh about parents who, and truly I'm, as a parent, 
I want the best for my kids, and the best I could ever want for my kids is for them to love mm-hmm. and know Jesus Christ. Um, and I know that a lot of times the only thing that we have known or ever been taught was the best thing you can do or the best decision you can ever make is to pray that prayer or to walk mm-hmm. that aisle. Um, I, I would just say, if I could challenge you, number one, to say the prayer and to walk the aisle is never in Scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't say that like flippantly. I, mm-hmm. I, I certainly want you to understand, though, that's not a that's not a biblical thing. That right. and, and even in church history of two thousand years of New Testament church history that we are walking in, that may be a hundred year thing, may, mm-hmm. maybe just a little scoosh over the last hundred years where we have walked an aisle or we've said a prayer mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to to being just faithfully walking with the Lord Jesus mm-hmm. and, and trusting in Him. So here's how I would bring it back. <clears throat> Paul is discussing, or, or at least giving this this admonishment to to the Judaizers. Um, when we get into to verse two and into following, he said, "Hey, look, watch out for these dogs. Don't be be careful. Be careful in what they're teaching. Be careful in what you believe, because what they want you to believe is that circumcision is going to be the sign of covenant. That that if you truly want to be a Christian, it doesn't matter what you do. Doesn't matter your heart's sake. If you don't, if your body doesn't bear this scar like mine, then then the Judaizers would say like mine. Then then you are out. Then you're you're not you're not in. That's going to keep you out. And so there would be a lot of people. And Paul writes in other areas as well against this practice, and he even goes further to say it's mutilation, like almost pagan worship, that you are so caught up, that the Judaizers are so caught up in marking the body that you miss the soul of the man, Mm -hmm. right? So now we can extrapolate that to today. I don't think that we have discussions over um, circumcision, right? But I do think there is still a stigma, and it's, it's pervasive in the church, particularly Protestant evangelicalism, that if, if you're going to love God, it really doesn't matter about your life. If you didn't say that prayer, mm-hmm. if you didn't walk that aisle, right. if you didn't get baptized, then your faith really, how do you know? How do you know it's real? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we'll go back to those moments and listen to me, be clear. Those moments have everything to do with what we've done. Circumcision, decision that I made or somebody else made. Walk the aisle, decision that I made or somebody else encouraged me to make. Uh, to be to be baptized, decision I made or somebody else encouraged me to make. Nothing of those things have much to do with how Christ has a, awakened my dead heart and mm-hmm. breathed life yes. into my dead bones. And mm-hmm. so, what Paul would say is, stay stay away from that. Stay don't don't let that be the thing. Don't let that be the thing that that you cling to. Let the thing you cling to be Christ. Mm-hmm. How do you know you're saved? Not because of what you've done. How do I know I'm saved? Because of what Jesus Christ has done for me. I believe he's the Christ, the son of the living God. This is where yesterday when we started the sermon, I said it's elementary teaching, but it's overwhelming. Because when you get to that, in my mind, like there is, when I think of of this practice played out, it's like we are standing on the edge of a mountain and there is just a void in front of us. And God tells us, take the leap of faith. You trust me, mm-hmm. don't trust you. But a lot of times we want to say, no, no, I wanna, I'm going to trust where I walked. I see that road. My feet were just there. I'm going to trust that road right there. And Jesus says, no, you've got to trust me. Trust in me, not what you've done. And that is why Paul gets so strong, even uh-huh. here, that he uses the word scubalon, right? <laughs> that, that's that fun word that many of you in your life groups discussed. Dog excrement. Um, and, and he is very clear to say, you've got to fight against that. Mm. I know we went all the way around the world to get there, but I think that's a tension we're still in today. Definitely. Yeah, no, and I think think you did a great job of bringing it back around, man. So (laughs) (laughs) 
we're back to it. But yeah. but I think it's right, and I think Chase brings up a great point because if if it more than likely you're not just hearing about people who are considering quote unquote deconstruction, they're struggling in their mm. faith. Yes, because the faith that potentially they they were taught and mm-hmm. the Bible that they read, mm-hmm. they're not aligning. Right, mm-hmm. and we live in a day and age where, and we see this in in uh, sociological studies, where authenticity is always going to win the day. Don't don't give me cold religion. Don't tell me it's just because of the way it always was. And I don't care if my grandma did it, my mama did it. I'm going to be a part of it if it's real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's where people are are struggling. And so right. some deconstruction, using the air quotes there. I don't think it's a bad thing mm. as long as it's centered in Christ mm-hmm. and his work. So if you're deconstructing and for the sake of so you can live however you want to live, I don't think that's right. Right. Uh, but if you are deconstructing so you can become holy and you can love people incredibly well, then praise God for that deconstruction. Mm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, I, when I close my prayers, I always say, Jesus, in your name we pray and we believe. And the reason I did that was because I had a time in my life on a mission trip to Honduras, no less, as a young adult, in which I really came to the point where I said, Lord, do I really really believe that you are the Christ, Uh the Savior? Mm -hmm. And out of that mission trip, and I knew I was saved, but it was like a a surrender to this idea that no matter what, he had my life. Uh And so out of that mission trip came this affirmation of my faith every time I prayed. Lord, I believe in you. And so I, I vocalize that in my private prayer life as well as my public prayer life that this I believe. Mm. Yeah. A hundred percent. But that came out of a, a tough time in Honduras with some deconstruction going on. Mm-hmm. Construction going on. Construction. Yeah. Simper reformanda. So I, I think I think in that, that discussion we just had, like we 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 basically just, you know, like we went all the way around the world and, and covered, you know, I think most of the things we had talked about discussing today, uh, and we kind of did it organically. But, um, you know, Josh, I, I do think that Sunday, you know, there were several illustrations that you used throughout your message, which were really helpful mm-hmm. in in illustrating what we've just been talking mm-hmm. about, like the whole, the scubalon thing, you know, I mean, when when you talked about picking this up mm-hmm. and parading it around and showing it like you're so proud of it, you know, and, and just like you think about that and how we do that with, with our, you know, degrees, our, our, our actions, you know, it's like yeah. the, the things that, that we do that we, you know, supposedly bring to the table in our, in our salvation and our work. But, um, you know, it was, that's really convicting. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, oh yeah, we do that. Mm-hmm. And then you talked about, uh, you know, just how we, we often treat Jesus as a mascot, mascot. Mm-hmm. you know, which again, I thought, man, that's particularly in our, our Southern sort of uh, cultural Christianity that's so prevalent here. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we do, um, like everybody wants to be associated with Christian things, but a lot of people don't actually allow that to, like Christ to actually change their lives, That's right. you know, Permeate and, and how lives. that influences their, their daily living. And so, um, man, I, I just thought, you know, so many of those illustrations that you used were, were so mm. helpful. And, and I mean, even today, you didn't use this one on Sunday, but walking up to the cliff, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's such a great word mm. picture. Mm-hmm. Man. So, uh, yeah. So I, is that, are we jumping back in? Can, can I jump back in? Sure, you can jump back in. I can't tell if you're wrapping up or if, yeah, uh, are we, uh, if I have more time. 
You got more time. What well, we got about say? five minutes. So, well, we didn't bring this up in the in the pregame, but uh, I like that. You said something that I I definitely highlighted and want to, wanted to go back to at the very end, and I think it's it was a great closing. But you said pagan worship says mm. I do this to get affection. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Christian worship says. I do because I have his affection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I and, and I love that you use the word affection mm-hmm. because I think trying to um, earn his mm, love for us is, is easy to say because we say that. Right. Of course he loves me. But an, an affectionate God who says, no, I'm pursuing you. Yep. I'm, I'm, lavishing my love over you. I'm near to you. Yeah. I, I used to have the thought that, yeah, God loves me, but he's probably pretty angry. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah. <laughs> and sometimes we paint that picture for our kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, son, no, you know, I'm always going to love you, but I walk in, I'm always angry and he feels the pressure. I felt that as a kid. Mm. And for you to say, we, we don't have to earn his affection. Right. Because we have his affection, I then act out in obedience because I love him. Yeah. Man, that is so powerful, and I think speaks to our culture here um, of striving to perform, even holding up our good deeds, right. um, our discipline as a Christian, our all the things that we do to earn righteousness. Um, and I thought that was a great way to end it. It so. is so powerful, but but I but I I found myself thinking it's it's a it's a hard thing to discern. Absolutely, because it requires it requires a lot of soul searching. Because mm-hmm. it really comes down to like internally, like, like what's driving me. Absolutely, and and is it you know because externally, for you guys, it can't hardly tell a difference. That's yeah, right. mm-hmm. yeah, you know. But but for me, it's am I am I doing these things to earn something from God, or mm-hmm. am I doing these things because of what God's exactly. already done and what I already have. And uh, and that's that's where the challenge comes in. You just yeah. gave a good plug for group life. Amen. So thank you, yeah. Jay. Keep doing uh, it. <laughs> but, but but get people in your life who will ask you the hard questions. Um, when you have people who will say, "Hey, where'd that motive come from?" Um, I see this in you. What, what's driving you here? Yeah. Um, you got to have those brothers and sisters mm-hmm. in your life that will help you that's think good. through. Them. Yeah, and and always be reminded because um, the scripture, of course, is the anchor to our mm-hmm. life. Uh, we we submit to it in every capacity and every facet of our lives. But if if you're to go back to the the greatest sermon ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount, um, and you see Matthew five through seven, um, Jesus speaks primarily to the heart, uh, and it is always to that. And and so he will take the religious people who are watching, and he says, "Okay, you've heard it said this, but I'm telling you." It's here. And so mm-hmm. they would say, you've heard it said about your life and external and what you do, but I'm, I'm telling you, it has more to do with your heart. Go to the Beatitudes. Like, mm-hmm. bl- blessed are those who are pure in heart. Blessed right. are those who are peace. Like, all of these things are actions that are born from, from the core of who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've got to remember that because we do live, we do live in a religious place. Um, and, and that's not a bad thing. I, I thank God for where we get mm-hmm. to live. And I thank God for, for the, the, the joy of being around so many other believers and like-minded people. But we have to be careful, much like Paul warns believers. So he's not saying, man, if you follow this, then you're lost. What he's saying is, man, just be careful. Because there are people who want to lead you astray to make you think it's actually being about, being about what you are doing or what you've done as opposed to who you are and what's been done for you mm-hmm. in the person of Christ. We've got to be careful with that too. Right. And just to make sure that our hearts are in the right place because to your point, our actions are our actions. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the action is the same, but the heart motive is different. One is sinful, one is not. Yeah. And it's all going to be out of our heart. And I right? felt one of these really heavy moments. You you were wrapping up and you were using the words of Jesus, but I never knew you. Mm-hmm. Mm. And identity is never found in what we do. Right. I wrote that that down. And I, I felt the heaviness in the room mm-hmm. as kind of fleshing out what we've been talking about. And I mean, there there are people probably listening that have done a lot of different stuff. Right. Hoping that's going to move them toward mm-hmm. an eternity with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And just doing all of those things, the tithe, witnessing. All, right. Have you ever had a change in your life that Jesus came and did what only Jesus can do? Mm-hmm. And all the things are, are not important, but I never knew you. That just settled in mm-hmm. on my heart yesterday mm-hmm. about the number of people that are living right there just feeling like, I'm in. Mm-hmm. I do all of the right things. Right. I'm mm-hmm. even in a group, Mark. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do all the right things, but they've never had a life-changing sure. moment with Jesus right. and been discipled in that. Mm-hmm. They, they don't know him. And this yes. goes back to the mascot thing yes. and, and why my heart is just so there. Uh, we we live in SEC world or, or college football world, and uh, this this isn't to bash you. It's just an illustration, right? So, and when I say you, anybody listening, yeah, um, we have a lot of people who would wear Mississippi State or wear Old Miss or wear Southern Miss or wear Jackson State or Alcorn or whatever it would be that have never attended that school. Yeah, they've they've never sat through a class, mm-hmm. and at the end of the day, that school is a school. Mm-hmm. Um, they they play football at that school, but they are a part of the school. And so when, when asked, you know, with, with all the trappings they wear, with the jackets, with you go to their house, you would be led to believe that they, they've been, they, they have been born out of that school. That school is invested in them. They have gone, they have degrees upon degrees. And they would say, I, I mean, I've been to that campus, but only on game day. Mm-hmm. What, what do they teach there? What, what's their major major? Like, what, what do they do? What are they known for? And, and at the end of the day... It's nothing but a mascot to them. Yes, mm. they they love they love the culture of the game. They love the culture of what the colors look like. They they bleed maroon and white or, or red and blue or purple and gold, like whatever it would be. But they've never been a part of that school. Mm-hmm. And so at the end of the day, it's nothing more than a mascot. And sadly, I feel like a lot of our culture in Christ is exactly the same way. We wear the trappings, we put on the uniforms, we 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 go to the pep right. rallies, we we do the tailgates. But if anybody were to ever ask us. What's inside that place? What's inside the kingdom? They would never be able to tell you a thing about it because they mm-hmm. don't know. So good. They, they don't know. And and I would say, but part of that is because as as Christians, maybe we have not deliberately marched toward intentional discipleship like exactly we have right. needed to do. Mm-hmm. And I say that as a person from a smaller town, that that was never on the table right. growing up. It was you get saved and yay. That's right. Look there, you're baptized. Here's your certificate. But it wasn't until I went to college that I learned what it right. meant to dig in God's mm-hmm. word for myself. And so I'm not putting all the responsibility like it's shallow on them, but I put it on us too. Well, it's both in yeah. because I think we, we talk about it a lot here and hopefully we're doing it. But the literally the only thing Jesus asked us to do until he returns is to make disciples. Mm-hmm. Instead, we like to make converts. Oh, and yeah. instead, we like to do Ooh. every other thing except the very thing oh, he called us to do. And our world looks like that. Because right. we are asking, hey, man, sign up on the team. Here's your new shirt. Here's here here's the mascot head. You, you put this on. But the very thing he asked us to do until he comes back to mm-hmm. be faithful in is the very thing we don't. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Such good discussion. Which today. is another whole podcast. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, do we have time, Mike? <laughs> For what? <laughs> oh, another podcast. We need after after I mean, the podcast. I think this is really good. Yeah. yeah. What well, is good? Yeah. <laughs> Tune in next week. Yeah. Part two. Mm. I will say, uh, Josh B. Man, you are on fire with the illustrations today. It's yes. like, uh, man. Thanks. <laughs> so many good Thank stories. Josh. Right out of the back pocket, man. Yeah. King B. Yeah. King B. King B. Right there. What? King B. Uh, no, great, great conversations and and. Uh, you know, I wish we I wish we had more time today uh, to, to to delve into some of this. But uh, man, been a good good discussion though. Mm-hmm. I think really helpful for our listeners. Yeah. At least I hope so. Helpful for me. So hey, before we wrap up, real quick, uh, uh, Beth. Beth B. What? Queen no, B. Queen what? B. You've got a uh, you've got an event coming up. I'm so surprised. You want, you want to tell our listeners about it? I passed. Uh, I want to tell the listeners I passed him a note during the podcast, and don't forget. <laughs> yeah. November twenty eighth. We've got the Christmas gathering here at Broadmoor. We have um, close to 700 tickets that have been sold. We still have some more space. But my challenge for you, Broadmoor women and those who are listening, is for you to invite deliberately. Coworker, neighbor, friend, somebody in your family uh, that needs to take the next step in their discipleship and mm-hmm. their walk with Christ. And uh, come, all the things are here. I mean, the shopping is here. The mission vendors are here. The food vendors are here. Twisted turn them. All the food <laughs> vendors are here. All the stuff is here to make it an easy invite. We're equipping you to make it an easy invite. You've got to do the invite, though. And then Terry Lee Cobble is going to share about restoration uh, in Christ and what that looks like through the lens of God's Word. And so uh, I don't want anybody to miss it. Mm-hmm. Get your tickets online, broadmoor.org backslash. But it is a women's only yeah, event. Yeah, we want the men to miss it. Don't okay, come in. Okay, so let's say it again. Okay, so it is a women's event. <laughs> men may buy a ticket and sit in the balcony with Neil Marsh. He will uh, be in the Oh, there you go. And, 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 and some Evans. Mark Evans, yes. I'm going to be but, there. Because wow. And Jay Fletcher. Uh, look, all the people. Josh Brady's going to be there. Mike H. I'm volunteering every <laughs> day at this point. <laughs> uh, Chase is going to be out with his kids. But... <laughs> The Bible study recap. If you listen to that, have interest in it, Tara Lee Cobble is the person who'll be speaking. That I'm doing it. Look, you're doing it. Jack does it. And I he, am. And he loves it. But a great time around God's Word. That's the point. All right. For women awesome. only. And men, you men in and this men room. And men in the balcony. <laughs> yes. You're good men. All right. Hey, uh, guys. Always great having the uh, conversation with you guys. And so, and, and ladies, Queen Bee. Queen Thank Bee. You, Mike uh, H. So. Don't say that. <laughs> oh, no. No. If you're going to call me Mike H., you're Queen Bee. Queen. Yeah. Well. Hey, uh, love you guys. Love you guys. What a great day. See you next week. This has been a production of Broadmoor Baptist Church. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with others and don't forget to subscribe. To help us spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe as well. They can find us wherever they prefer to get their podcasts. And if you'd like more information about Broadmoor, please visit our website at broadmoor.org or connect with us on your favorite social media platform where we're listed as at my Broadmoor. Thanks for listening.